church um, is a place of a lot of words. You already heard a whole bunch of them today. Planned announcements, unplanned announcements, spontaneous encouragements to women to send their husbands to retreat. You already heard a bunch of words. You heard a bunch of them before you came in. And then people sharing and talking with another. I know, I know some of you don't want to hear anybody talk to you. You'd, you'd rather just be anonymous, but it don't really happen that way in church. You hear a lot of words. A lot of people like to talk to you. And, and intentionally, we try, to, we, we try to send messages to you that are inspiring, life-changing, sometimes just passing on information. You know, used to, we would print a bulletin. Y'all remember those days? Back in the 1920s, <laughs> you would come to church and they would hand you a bulletin. We used to stress out about that bulletin so much. I'm just telling you, it would drive me crazy. Because they'd sit, submit the announcements to me and then I'd look over the announcements and I'd sign off on them. And then invariably, when you hand the bulletin out, there's a bunch of typos in it. And their way of excusing themselves is, well, you signed off on it. And I'd be like, I'm not the best person to sign off on it. Church, uh, church bulletins, they always were oops. I'm going to give you a couple because sometimes what we want to say and what you hear doesn't really match up. This is one of my favorite things to do when I need a laugh is to go back and look at the oops of what we communicate. Y'all want to see a couple of them? And for all the people that are not happy in Jesus, maybe this will make you happy. Here's the first one, the first oops. At the evening service tonight, it said in the bulletin, the sermon topic will be, what is hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. <laughs> oh, come on, everybody, that's funny. Here's another one. The ladies of the church have cast off clothing of every kind. They may be seen in the basement on Friday afternoon. Who signed off on that? Y'all want more? Low self-esteem support group will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. Lord help us. Here's a good one. This being Easter Sunday, this was in an actual bulletin, we will ask Mrs. Lewis to come forward and lay an egg on the altar. <laughs> See, words are visuals, right? They're not just words. You see pictures. I got one that seems to be so appropriate because we are beginning a series on prophecy, hearing God, what is it, what is prophecy, and here's the last one I'll give it to you. The class on prophecy has been canceled due to unforeseen <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just couldn't help it. That just seems so appropriate for 
church in general in America, but how about for Christian life while we are talking about prophecy? All right, everybody. Uh, let's see if I can teach you and rein you in a little bit. What is prophecy? I'm, I, we're going to define it. We're going to do probably about four or five weeks on this. And um, so let me help you uh, with a working definition that I think is appropriate. Prophecy is simply the ability to hear God accurately and speak forth what was heard to another person or persons for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. This is important for us to understand. If you really wanted to break it down even more concisely, prophecy is basically hearing and speaking. Hearing accurately and speaking responsibly what you have heard. To hear God and to speak what has been said. And so uh, I really think as we were studying through the book of Acts the whole summer, the last two months, I just kept hearing about the importance of the prophetic and that the early church, the New Testament church, it was pretty amazing how the disciples and the followers that were with Jesus, they went from barely understanding anything that he said whenever he was communicating about the kingdom and who he was to suddenly they're hearing accurately and they are engaging now with the revelation of truth. There was not only their ability to really discern what was actually being said in the spirit, but there also was oftentimes the prophetic word that came specifically to them. And it's interesting to me that we live in an age right now where church is so divided. And I think that there are many churches that basically um, teach that prophecy does not exist and that this was just a phenomenon that was available for the early church. And I just don't think that's what the scripture says. And I'm not going to go into debate all of that stuff. You guys have been with us a long time. You know what we believe, that the book of Acts was a model for church today and that we need to come back to the original. We need to understand. There are some specific things in the book of Acts. The foundational apostles, they were actually eyewitnesses to Jesus. They heard him. They were in relationship with him. And even the apostle Paul, even though he never really talked to Jesus, I don't think, when he was alive, he, when the risen Jesus came to him and he saw him, had conversation with him. That's the mark of the founding apostles. And so their ability to hear God and to know that God is speaking and to communicate what has been said um, is the way that the Lord led the early church and this gospel advanced miraculously and, and, and powerfully. The truth is, everybody, nothing is more life-giving, I think, for a Christian and encouraging than receiving an accurate prophetic word from God that is in real time and that is so supernatural that you're like, only God could know that. Many of you have had this experience, haven't you? It's It's almost like the timing and, let's say, the coincidence of what that prophetic word is saying to you that is even as powerful, sometimes more powerful than the actual words that were spoken because it gives you this assurance that you're not alone, 
that God, who we don't see with our physical eyes, we see and discern with our spirit, he's alive and he knows who we are and where we are and what's going on. The prophetic is so powerful. And, and, and this, this is why the Apostle Paul said when he was writing back to the church at Corinth and had a lot of ministry gifts that were operating, he, he, made, he, he made two statements about prophecy. He said, the gift of prophecy, you should earnestly desire it. Above all things, you should desire to prophesy because the prophecy is hearing God and speaking a word of encouragement that edifies and builds up the church. We make it spooky and weird and we want to imitate Old Testament prophets. It's never going to happen here, everybody. I'm not coming in with camel hair and eating, uh, you know, crickets and wild crazy or come in with my head shaven, acting like an Old Testament prophet. The spirit of prophecy operates in the church in a way that's very appropriate for the church. It is indeed still supernatural and we need to be open to it. Are y'all excited about this? I think it's really important for us to embrace this and also to find the balance. So that, because, because I tell you what has happened is people have gotten so kooky and, and people are just nuts. I don't know what to say. I mean, all of us have the, pen, the potential to go nutty. And thank God for, for leaders in the church. And hopefully they're not the, the biggest nuts of all. But that leaders that can help bring us into balance and order. And because that was really important. Paul said that we should earnestly desire prophecy and we should forbid not prophecy. Don't, don't, don't forbid people to prophesy. That's what he told the church at Corinth. When, when prophecy is, is done right, it can be so powerful. But boy, when it's done wrong, it can be harmful and abusive. And it can really be, be misleading. It can be, manipulat it can be manipulative. Uh, pe people have said some of the craziest, weird things that have misled people, and they preface it by saying, I don't know why they do this in King James English, but it's like, thus saith the Lord. I, I grew up in that age where when a prophecy would manifest within a congregation, it always had to be King James language. Like that all of a sudden made it more legit. It's, see, can I just say it again? People are just nutty. We just get, we just kind of get flaky. And that's why we have to have teachers. That's why the gift of teaching is a ministry office in the local church. Pastors and teachers that bring us into order because our flesh wants oftentimes to just do things that draw attention to flesh or that want to be exclusive like we got the special word from God. Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing this because prophecy, when it's done right, is so powerful. When it's done wrong, it's harmful. But, but can I say this? Just about anything under the guise of spiritual manifestation, if it's done wrong, it's harmful. If, teaching. If, if I'm teaching a bunch of weird stuff that's not God, that's not sound, uh, soundly supported by the Scripture, how many of you know that's, that's weird and it can be harmful? I'm just saying that, that preaching and teaching, even leading, or even worship, if it's, if it's done wrong, it causes much harm and pain. And, and a lot of people have church wounds because the church has been immature. And I think as we hear the Lord and learn how to hear God, and we use the prophetic gift that God has given us in a proper way, 
then, and we're mature about it, I tell you, it just opens up incredible blessing to the church. So if you're a new Christian, or maybe you're just a seeker and you're just wanting to know, do I really believe this? Then I just hang in here uh, over these next few weeks. I'm sure there'll be something to you, for you. I'm just speaking really to uh, those of us who are believers and really want to be led by the Spirit. Okay, everybody? So before we talk about the prophetic and how it should manifest and and how it should be spoken to individuals or to a congregation. I'm going to talk about the practicalities of that for our church. Before we get there, I think it's really important to hear God. In fact, I was going to do a message, and the more I prayed about this, and our teaching team got together and we talked this thing through for us, it's like how do you teach about the prophetic without first helping us understand how to hear what God is saying? Because that's the number one thing to the prophetic is to be able to hear God and not just read the scripture and repeat what you hear in the scripture because a lot of times the Holy Spirit has a right now word for us that you're not going to find on the pages of, a, of your Bible or, you know, on your iPad when you're reading through it. But this opens up also opportunities for error. And so we will talk about how how to judge prophecy, how to judge prophetic word, even in your own life. But today, if, if I could just talk to you about hearing God. You guys thought we were done with the book of Acts, but I just don't know that we were ever going to be done with the book of Acts. I have fallen in love with the book of Acts, and it just resonates so much with me, and I want to read chapter 1 again for you. This is Luke wrote the book of Acts. He wrote the gospel of Luke, if you weren't here from the beginning. The first uh, five verses I want to read as a text for us today. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. That's the ascension. Look, it said, he said, before he was taken up, he was giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Now, I, I underline that. Is it underlined up there? Yeah, I want to come back. I want you to see this. But I want to uh, underline that because Jesus is now giving them instru instructions through the Holy Spirit. We could just say it this way. Jesus is speaking prophetically to them through the revelation of the Spirit. All right? So through the Holy Spirit... He's giving them instructions. Verse 3 says, And after his suffering, he presented himself and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. I don't even know what to say about this except, whoa. I mean, can you imagine this? The risen Jesus is speaking to them for 40 days, giving them instructions now, coming back and repeating what he had already taught them and saying things like, now do you understand what I meant? Okay, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait till the gift of my Father has promised that you've heard me speak about, for John surely baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The first five verses in the book of Acts, Luke is highlighting our relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's doing two things. I want you to see this. He's highlighting the relationship and the ministry 
of Jesus and his relationship with the Holy Spirit because God wants us to be just like the Son. He wants us to be like Jesus. He wants, to hear, wants us to hear like Jesus. He wants us to see like Jesus. He wants us to speak like Jesus. He wants us to live with holy character like Jesus. He wants us to have faith in what we know like Jesus. We are Christians, little Christ. Jesus said, these things I'm doing, you shall do also. So we see this relationship with the Holy Spirit that Jesus had. And he's also saying, you're going to be baptized with the Spirit. And you're going to have the same type of relationship that Jesus had with the Spirit. This is really important for us to get, everybody. Because as one writer says, this is incredible because this is ramped up to a new level in fact um, there's a book that Landon and I are going to co-teach this and uh, there's a book called Hearing God that um, is an interesting to me it's written by a theologian named Nathan Finocchio great man and uh, here's a resource for you though a lot of you like to to dig in a little bit deeper between Sundays and so every now and then we'll share resources with you so you can kind of see where we are feeding ourselves. And so this is a great book, Hearing God. And um, it's interesting because Nathan grew up in a wildly charismatic home and remembers visiting the Toronto Blessing. If, you, if I'm speaking a foreign language to you or you're not, that's not on your map, you can have fun if you want to. Just go Google the Toronto Blessing and you'll see all kinds of really interesting things that was happening. Some good, some crazy, some nutty, some were a blessing. He talks about that. He says this about that I, that I thought was very interesting. He says that when Jesus was talking and teaching his disciples, we're talking about a new level. He, this is the next level Jesus. This is... The, this is the death-defying Jesus. This is the, the walk-through-the-walls Jesus. So when he's giving them instructions, he already had credibility, but think about this level of credibility, right? Because now they're seeing someone who supernaturally has been raised from the dead, and it's confirming every, all of the authority that he claimed to have now there's confirmation. People don't typically raise from the dead. This is a miracle. It's supernatural. Jesus predicted it. And this is next level Jesus. All right. So there are two truths I want to start out with on hearing God. Number one, I want you to, to know this, that God is a speaking God. God speaks. Everybody, God speaks. So say that with me. God speaks and I love again how Jesus he he's he knows the level of understanding that they had is shallow but now he's speaking over them to bring them into this next level of understanding this is a word everybody listen we said in 20 in January of 2023 that this was going to be a year of equipping and we were going to do everything we could in the way that we can to try to equip our congregation in, in so many facets of life. So every sermon series or teaching or event that we've had, in the back of our mind, we're thinking, is this equipping our people? And I, this message is about equipping you, going from the shallow revelation person that you are to the next level Christian. 
Okay, are you, because that's what Jesus was calling them to, is to the next level of understanding, the next level of being able to hear the voice of God. You might be content where you are. I'm praying that you're not. I'm praying that we would all become hungry to be able to hear God's voice. Doesn't that sound right to you, everybody? Doesn't that sound like this is a right word for us to become next level disciples of Jesus? Can you say amen? So I'm calling you to the next level of being able to hear God. And here's the next thing I want you to see is that if you get to the next level, the next level means you're going to have to grow there. We have to grow into the next level of, because God wants communication with his people. Because if God is a speaking God, then he wants to speak to you, individually you. Not just through my sermon, he wants to speak to you. And he wants you to be able to discern this is the voice of God. And this is him speaking to you directly. And it's something that we have to grow into. And I think this is the call of God. We see the disciples in their growth. But it really ramped up to next level growth when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But if I could just challenge you in this. That communication in relationship in all relationships needs growth. My relationship with Carrie and our communication is pretty far beyond the way it was when the first year of our marriage. First year of our marriage, I remember waking up and looking at her and like, she's from a different planet. <laughs> I mean, I can remember her looking at me and thinking, he's not even, he's not, he don't even walk on this planet. He's so crazy. So, I mean, we, you have to learn our relationship. Now we can almost finish each other's sentences. And we were talking about this. This is kind of morbid the other day. If I die, I'm never getting married again. So all of you guys that are hoping, all of the women that are hoping for Carrie to die so you can have me, <laughs> it ain't never going to happen. I know I'm breaking a lot of hearts right now, but it's never going to happen. And we were just talking about it takes so long to train somebody to be able to hear you. If you've been married more than 20 years, can you say amen? amen? If you've been married more than 40 years, can you say amen? amen. This has been a lifelong journey for me to teach her how to listen to me. <laughs> and she's still got so far to go. <laughs> My point that I'm making and getting in trouble with right now is that you have to grow into this, everybody, right? You grow into communication. I mean, I mean, we have a well, we have an eight eight month old grandson now in Chattanooga. He's famous. His name is King Asa, and and Asa is um, our first mutual biological grandchild because Carrie's a stepmother to my other four. Although it's crazy because you never, uh, yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Here's, here's the deal. We have this amazing grandchild that's the most beautiful boy in the whole world, and he's so animated and cute. And Carrie FaceTimes him all the time. And Abby's probably watching the message right now, and she'll be FaceTiming me and scolding me about making fun of the fact that she FaceTimes us all the time because she does. She just wants us to see Asa. And when Asa comes on, it's, it's, it's amazing growing, uh, raising children in the day, in the age of FaceTime. Because Abby can say to him at eight months, 
Grandma's getting ready to be on the phone, and he's like looking at the screen. And when he, and when he sees Carrie, his face just lights up. And it's really, it's really amazing because she'll start talking baby language to him, and they understand it. It's like, hey, oh, little booty. And she'll just talk, start talking about Gugag. Goo goo gaga stuff, and you know, how you doing? Did you poop today? And you know, are you, did you, would you have it for breakfast? And where are you going? And he don't say nothing, but he just smiles from ear to ear and he's glued to the face. Now, I'm, I'm, it's different than when she FaceTimes with Grant, our oldest son. Not much difference, but kind of, kind of. Grant calls, he's on FaceTime, and I watch Carrie FaceTime with Grant. And, and could you imagine uh, Carrie going, did you poo-poo today, Grant? <laughs> Are you having a good day, buddy? <laughs> did Mama give you some milk today? It's not going to do that. I hope not. My God, if she did, I'm going to blow the whole family up. I'm just telling you, we're going to start all over again. The, the way you speak to a toddler and the way you speak to a teen, that's not the same way. Is anybody preaching with me here today? Are y'all staying one step ahead of me? Because this is the reality is that communication in every relationship has got to grow. It matches the communication. And I'm talking about next level communication is our ability to hear God. God doesn't want to keep speaking to you in goo-goo-gagas. He wants to speak to you like you are a mature man and woman and you can handle the truth. Come on, everybody. And so we have room to grow when it comes to hearing God. Some of you want to give me a big amen. Go ahead, let's have it. Yeah. So let me just show you what I'm talking about and give you a scriptural basis for this. This is Hebrews chapter 5, 11. I'm reading out of the net version. It's, it's a very accurate version. Uh, the writer to the Hebrews says, on this topic, the topic of the revelation of Jesus, he says, we have much to say and it is difficult to explain since you have become sluggish in hearing. Other translation says dull in hearing. I want you to see this. For though you should in fact be teachers by this time, you need someone to teach you the beginning elements of God utterances. God speaks. There are utterances through the word, but also of the spirit that God speaks and you are struggling. You are sluggish to hear them. All right? Are y'all with me? You have gone back to needing milk not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is experienced, inexperienced, excuse me, in the message of righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature. Pay close attention to this, everybody. Look at the screen with me. Whose perceptions are trained by practice to discern both good and evil. Just look if you would with me, whose perceptions are trained by practice to discern. This is such an appropriate scripture for us because if you're going to grow in your ability to hear God, it's going to take some training. 
There are a lot of utterances God wants you to hear. There are a lot of things that the Lord wants to say to you. And you're going to, they're going to be perceptions. You're going to perceive them in your spirit. These are things that you have to discern. Now, he's talking about even discerning something as basic as what's right and what's not. What's righteous, what's sinful. There are believers that struggle, believe it or not, there are believers who struggle to discern that. They're even sluggish. Well, I didn't, Pastor, I didn't think anything was wrong with that. You know, we see this all the time because immature people can't, they, they, they struggle perceiving what God is saying. They struggle discerning the voice of God, but he is a God who speaks. So I'm calling us to next level hearing. I'm calling us out of immaturity where we are barely able to have a healthy relationship because our vocabulary and ability to hear is limited. Are you good with that, everybody? Okay, so here's another thing. Obviously, in the book of Acts, you see that the role of the Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit is so important because the role of the Holy Spirit is to communicate the Father's heart and to reveal the will of the Son. That's what the Spirit does, is He communicates the Father's heart and He reveals the will of the Son. This is the Holy Spirit, and we, we are, we're supposed to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that is so, we can, let me say that, we can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that is so vibrant that we are able to hear Him when He speaks. Here's another fascinating thing. If you look at the book of Acts in chapter 1, you know, Jesus tells them he ascends to heaven and he tells them to wait in the upper room. And while they're waiting in the upper room for the Holy Spirit to be sent back to them, they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They wanted to replace Judas Iscariot. Remember, they went from 12 to 11. Well, 12 is a better number. It's a, it's a kingdom number. And so they felt this urgency to replace Judas Iscariot. So they had two guys they were looking at, a guy named Justice and a guy named Matthias. Now, you could look this up if you want to. I'm just telling you what happened. And so they were not able to discern by the Spirit which one. So you know what they did? They defaulted to an old way of choosing. They rolled the dice or, or cast lots. And so this was a way that sometimes God would use because people didn't have the Holy Spirit in a relationship with them that they could hear the voice of the Spirit, so they would cast lots. And it says, and the lot fell on Matthias. And so they chose him over justice. So he was added to the original 12. And, and after, soon after, the Holy Spirit came and fell. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that they never cast lots again. You never see the early church trying to decide, is this how we're going to make a decision? We don't know what to do. No, they prayed until they heard a prophetic word from God. And once they heard the word from God and got a confirmation, they went with it. I'm just telling you, a lot of people are still rolling the dice trying to make decisions about your life. And you, I don't know what to do. Let's just roll the dice out there and hope that God will bless our decision. This is not the kind of relation. Hey, the Holy Spirit and the voice of the Spirit is a resource for you and I to have life. 
to be able to hear from God. If this is true, when I'm preaching right now, how many of you think it's vital that we learn how to hear the voice of God? Okay. Now, I will say this to you. Uh, there are a lot of people who are just, remember I said people are nutty? I don't know, have you, have you ever just awake, you know, been around a bunch of people and waking up to realize that I, I'm, I must be an idiot because I don't, I don't hear God at all. I mean, some people, the way you would talk to them, that you would think that everything that they do is an answer to the voice of God. Like what to wear in the morning. I, I happen to think the Lord would trust you to make that decision. <laughs> Where should I park? I think the Lord's given you enough wisdom to figure it out. Anybody with me? What, what, what cashier line at Kroger would be the best one for us to get in? Well, the Holy Spirit just told me which one I should stand in, and it would just zoom. You know what? I'm always in the wrong line, so maybe I ought to be asking the Holy Ghost about this. I think I'm in the right line, and I end up being in the longest one. I, listen, I know God speaks to us about who to marry and maybe, you know, what house to buy. And, and, but I think there's some things that you can, he can trust you with. You don't have to pray about what color to paint your living room. Just choose one you like. Is anybody listening to me? I, this is why I think a lot of times people go to church and they're like, these people are so weird. And I can, can, I, t- can I tell you something else? I'm going to be up and down. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> it happens. I really think that sometimes... Uh, People are just so goofy about stuff that they think they're hearing from God that it turns people off. And it, Oh, I remembered it now. So see, I know how to pause until it comes back. <laughs> people use God told me, in quotes, as an excuse for bad behavior. People use God told me. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't tell you. But be careful that you're not putting, in quotes, God told me to avoid accountability or a necessary confrontation or a relationship that you need to stay in and not leave. I'm preaching really good right now because this is important. A lot of times when people come to me and they say, Pastor Ron, God told me this and I want to run it by you. What do you think? I'm like, let's go back to the order of what you just said. Because if God told you, then I'm going to say, see ya. I hope you're hearing from God right. If you come to me and you say, I'm trying to discern the voice of God, and this is what I think maybe God is saying, will you pray with me about it? It's a total different word to me. Does that make sense, everybody? Because if you come to me and say, God told me to do this, then who am I to argue with God? I'm not your daddy. He's the heavenly father. I'm not your boss. I don't want to be at odds with God on what you say God has told me. So if you are an infant or immature and growing up to hear the voice of God, 
then maybe you ought to invite some people in that are spiritual leaders to help you find the confirmation of what God is saying so that you don't go off with something that's not God and end up shipwrecked. All right, I'm going to sit back down. Okay. Does this make sense to anybody? All right, so are, are you in agreement here so far? Because this is a year of equipping. I want you to see that the role of the Spirit is to speak to you so you don't have to go through life rolling the dice. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's talk about how to hear God. Okay, some, listen, because you don't hear God 10 times a day does not make you sluggish in hearing. I think sometimes people blame way too much on the voice of the Spirit. I think God trusts us with a lot of decisions to make. He's given us authority. That's why he called us to be fruitful and multiply. Okay? So here's three things that I want you to take away from this message today. Number one is that God is a speaking God. And he wants to communicate with his people. These, that's, I know that's elementary, but remember what we just read in, in Hebrews chapter 5? That even the, element, the most elementary infantile believers were sluggish in hearing God. So I want you to fully embrace this, that God is a speaking God, and you can hear him. I know people in the media and people that are secular, they're like, you hear from God, you hear voices, and they'll make fun of that. But you remember what, what, the, what the Bible said about Jesus, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. Can I just say it this way? From the very beginning, Jesus was all about communicating who he was and who he would be to us. He is the word. Think about that. The word is a message. It's a communication. So the very nature of Jesus is that he wants to be heard. He wants to reveal something to us. So God is a speaking God, and, he's, and he's, he speaks to men and women who care enough to hear. Okay? Here's number two. You can hear God, so expect to hear him. Instead of, instead of in your mind thinking, the best chance I get, I, the best chance I got at hearing from God is maybe Pastor Ron giving me a prophecy or telling me what to do. I don't want to do that. I want, in fact, a lot of you that need direction and you'll come to me and say, Pastor, I need some counsel on this. I don't know what I should do. You, many of you have heard me say, what do you think you're hearing from God? I put it right back into your lap. And I don't know. Well, have you prayed about it? Not really. I just want some wisdom. Well, go back and pray about it. Maybe fast a couple of days. Write down some things that you think you're hearing from God. Bring it back to me and let's talk it through. Because God wants you to hear from him. Amen? And you already have heard from him. Somebody said, I never hear from God. Well, you did. When you got saved, you heard from God. What do you mean? Well, I'll read it to you. Romans 8, 15. The Spirit, capital S, you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the Spirit, capital S, you received brought about your adoption to sonship. So I got in the family because of what the Spirit did. 
And it, look, it says, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So he's brought us into the family, reveals that he's daddy God to us. Verse 16 says, and the spirit himself testifies with our spirit, capital spirit, our spirit, lowercase s, that we are God's children. The revelation of salvation and who you are in Christ came because you heard the spirit speak to your spirit. So the beginning of your relationship only exists because you have the ability to perceive or to discern what the Spirit of God is saying and how He's revealing Jesus to you. Isn't that exciting? I mean, think about this, the assurance that you are loved by God, forgiven through Jesus, and adopted in the family only comes because you heard God. I mean... Jesus promised that he said, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep know me and they hear my voice and they won't listen to anyone else. And I'm going to talk about this, but I'll just mention this real quick before I close. I want you to to understand something that you you should be striving to grow in a relationship with God that is so strong that you hear God. And when people give you personal prophecy, it either confirms what you are already hearing or if it's contradictory you just take a pause back and then you go back into your prayer closet and you pray you don't go running after personal prophecy if I did everything people prophesied over me that I should do I'd have to be about eight different people and live in about ten different countries so but I know that I'm I'm he's the shepherd I'm the sheep I hear his voice I'm going to listen to him more than I listen to anybody else. Having said that, when people give me a personal prophecy, I have a file on my computer that says prophetic words. I keep them there. And I pray over them. Because I think one of the most powerful things that God does is whenever he gives you a personal prophecy from the Spirit and lets you know, I see you, I know where you are, and here's what I want to confirm in your life. We'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks. Here's the last thing I want you to see, everybody. Is that the most effective way to hear God is spirit, capital S, to spirit, lowercase s. That's the most common, the most practical, and the best way for you to hear God is Romans promises us spirit to spirit. Okay? I mean... We're talking about the inner voice of the Spirit. This is the way Jesus, Jesus was led by, Jesus was birthed by the Spirit, conceived of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit. When he baptized, the Spirit descended upon him. He was led by the Spirit. And we are to follow in his steps. So the Spirit speaks to our spirit with inner impressions. It's like, again, in the book of Acts, and the Apostle Paul, I talked about this last week. The Apostle Paul was constrained and bound in the spirit um, to go to Jerusalem. God spoke to him, and he said he was bound by that word. But Agabus came and warned him, don't go. Other people in the spirit said, you're going to be tortured. And he said, why are you weeping and trying to break my heart? I'm constrained here. I've heard from God in my spirit. He didn't pull away from what he heard in his spirit because somebody gave him a prophecy. The prophecy had to match with what he was already hearing from God. 
And so what was it? It was a heads up. It's going to be rough when you go to Jerusalem. But it didn't mean he should stop going. Everybody, are you, are, are you with me here today? All right. So here's the last thing I'll just say to you. Let's put it on the screen. Hearing God. In fact, why don't you stand with me, everybody? These, these impressions, these gut feelings that get confirmed, that you know when you're knower. I'm going to talk about this. These are the perceptions. We have to get trained in the practice of this. Because hearing God starts by understanding that Father God wants to have conversations. Conversations with his sons and daughters and learning to hear God well is a huge part of growing our relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put that quote up for you. I don't guess it, there it is. Everybody, do you see this? Hearing God starts with this understanding that God wants to have conversations with us. And a huge part of that is growing into the ability to communicate with God. That's what we're after. That's what I want us to get equipped in. Okay? Can I pray for you? I'm going to pray over all of us. And then Sean and the team, they're just going to lead us in worship, give you a little space to maybe ask God to speak to you. Some of you got some big decisions right now, or maybe you're in the middle of it. I believe the Lord might want to confirm some things to you. Maybe even being here today and hearing me talk about this is a confirmation that you are on the right track. Father, I pray for every person listening to my voice for all of us that are in this room today we don't want to be infantile in our ability to discern right from wrong we don't want Lord to be sluggish in our hearing we want to be sharp we want to hear what you are saying 